Hello and welcome to Right Brain. My name is Jeff Dubois and I'll be your host and I'm joined from beyond his beard by my co-host, the sometimes handsome but currently hairy as a Sasquatch, Paul Inman. Paul, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I am doing great. I am glad to be back again this yet another week in a row. We are like going for a record here, Jeff. No, no, we're not. We're some, no, some, we're not. The holidays are coming up. Something's going something's gonna to break. Probably well, my mind. Of course. I, I don't want to bury the lead too long because we, we've been, one of the things that we've been advertising the past few weeks is that we want to take the show a bit more seriously. We want to have guests. We want to talk mm -hmm. more about the process of writing, the process of publishing, and bring in, since you and I, I mean, you and I, Paul, are idiots. We're babes in the wind. We, we don't know what we're doing. So we want to bring in people that are actually experts about this and have uh, information resources that our listeners can use. <laughs> if you guys are talking about me, we're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're going to welcome you anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, so the voice, the, the charming voice you just heard is from, uh, from the writer, uh, published and self-published magician, popular podcaster, star of I think it's AMC's. Uh, you can't, don't trust Andrew Maine. A and E, uh, and author of the Jessica Blackwood A &E. series. A and E. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm, I'm Canadian. Anyways. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Very true. And just uh, all around Renaissance man, Andrew Maine. Andrew, how you doing? Uh fantastic. That's a uh, a quite a nice intro you did for me there. Um, I'm like you guys, I'm trying to figure things out too. So I have to, whenever like, whenever he says, oh, we brought in an expert or somebody like this. I'm like, I just got into publishing a few years ago. So um, I'm as clue. I was hoping to ask you guys questions and learn some stuff. Well, you oh, could do that. You might you not can, learn much, but. <laughs> you can learn my theories. There you go. All right. Very few facts. Uh, that being said, the, the good news, we're not here to talk about your writing career at all. So, thank yay. God. It's over already. <laughs> I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm, it's, I don't know if it's all over or not. I, I've only started reading the first Jessica Blackwood book, so I'm, and I, I'm in, I've got interrupted by my own editing stuff, so I don't even have time to finish it, which is... It's frustrating, but if if you've sabotaged your own literature literary careers because you've started something that's much more interesting to us right now, and I, I'm not saying your books are not going to be interesting to our listeners, but our listeners are mainly writers and aspiring writers, and you started this thing called Author Page. When you mentioned on your other podcast, just absolutely fascinated and intrigued me, and this is why we brought you in. Do you okay. want? To yeah, tell us about an author page. Like, well, do you want to intro yourself first a bit, or do you, would you want right? I just think we're done. I, nobody cares at this point. We're done with that. <laughs> uh, so, author page is a project. It started when I was looking around at what it took to be an author to publish, to get your stuff out there, and what tools were there, and there weren't a lot of really helpful tools. And so, I started kind of developing an idea of when to make it easier to promote and share stuff, and then. I started talking to my buddy, Peter J. Wax, who would be, uh, you got to get Peter on here at some point, and started talking about how can you help authors promote books? How can you promote that? And it started with just the simplest idea was I wanted to make it very easy for when somebody reads a book and they like it to make it very easy for them to share a sample from that book. It's, it's 2016 and that's really hard to do. I can send you 
a link to Amazon and you can go click on like to download something to your Kindle. It is a multi-step process. First you do this, first you do that, and then you do that. That's problematic. I could maybe post something on my web page, but it's going to be formatted for the web and it won't look like it's formatted for a ebook or much less like a print book. So I first thing I did was I came up with a format that made things on the web look like print book. And if you go to authorpage.com, you can see sort of the list of things that it does there. When you go down to number five that you see samples, you see that I came up with this, this sort of very simple HTML, CSS, and a little bit of JavaScript thing to produce a nicely laid out sample chapter that somebody can click on a link on their iPhone, their Android, their desktop, or whatever, and it pops open in a browser, this very easy to read sample chapter, or you can use it now for short stories. It started with that idea and what it expanded into was realizing like, okay, I have this easy way now for authors to share samples of their stories. At the end of a book, you can put a link to one of these, but authors often don't have very good web pages too. So I said, well, maybe I could, in addition to making it easy for them to share these sample stories and have a place for their books to live, they could have a kind of a Tumblr style web page that's designed for authors that makes it very easy to upload books. And so I went in and built this, you know, the back end to be able to do that. And author page at authorpage.com. It's a free site, totally free for authors. You can go on there, create a website so you can have authorpage.com slash your name. People go there, find your books. They can find samples or stuff. They can find short stories. And it just sort of evolved from there. Okay, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but authorpage.com slash Paul Inman. Go mm. there. I'm going to go there right But don't now. go there now because there's nothing there. So maybe oh. go there in a couple of days. All right, all right. Not even a couple of days. But uh, so, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I say, so anybody wants to go, just go sign up on the beta list. And on a rolling basis, I send out invites, which means... You know, every week or so, every few days or so, I'm at. We're bringing in more people. We're at over a hundred authors right now, over a hundred pages, and growing. Just trying to moderate that slowly. But it's don't. If you're like, hey, I've only written one book. Is this for me? Yes. It's not an elitist club. It's it's not a. I'm sorry, you don't qualify. If you have an eagerness to write, even if you're only writing short stories, we want you. Welcome aboard. Well, that takes care of my next question, which would be like, who can benefit from author page? So that sums it, that it, up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, a part of our problem, as I say, that I'm kind of all over the, you know, Peter and I have been sort of all over the place with things that we're trying to help with people and do. But at the simplest place, if you just want to put a thing on the web that says, I'm a writer, and this is where you can find me, authorpage.com slash your name you can start there. If you're like, hey, I just want to write a short story and I want an easy way to share it with people, great, go to author page, use our short story thing and post a, paste a short story in there and share it. You can grow, you can adapt. If you don't have any books, it's not gonna have a little tab that says books, that won't appear. If you have a book, it puts there. If you want a blog, we have a blog, you can blog from there. We're just trying to grow a kind of a platform to make it easier and we're adding tools as we can to make it easier to tweet stuff out and use your social media. And I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to take a lot of the work out of publishing and make it easier just to focus on writing. Which, Which I think uh, we, we can were, all appreciate. Yeah, we were talking a little bit pre-show and uh, we were talking about how sometimes that can be tedious, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's it's a really, it's a really cool site and I, I really think that it's, uh, it's right up the alley of a lot of our listeners. I mean, it's right there. I mean, this will be a great thing for them. And... Uh, 
uh, how would let's talk about readers, okay? Because a lot of the writers they want people to read their stuff. Mm-hmm. What what kind of ideas or what what kind of things are happening to kind of help guide reader readers other than making and this is a really important one making a simplified place for them to go and read. I mean, okay. are, what kind of outreach things are are available? Well, Paul, what, one of the cool things that that we have in there, and again, I'm tooting my own horn, is we have this really neat stats page. So when I send out a link to my author page account, I can see within the hour how many people went there, how many people went to each of my pages and did that. And I've and it's given me really good, like my theories on what works for promotion and all that have been very much affected by this. And I know with Peter, Peter's been doing some research, seeing what happens you know, when we tweet things out, what's effective, whatever. Your biggest audience, your most important audience is the people that you already have reach to, okay? That is where you build from. I started as a writer because I did a podcast and I could reach out to those people and then I could build from there. So one of the biggest things to getting people to take action and do stuff and bring them into your site and look at your books is short stories. We've realized, man, short stories are really, really powerful. If I go on my Twitter and I say, hey, I got a new short story on my website, people go there to read it. And if they're looking around for other things to read, books and stuff, I get sales. So I would say that one of the most important things you can do is get your stuff out there. And short stories are a very effective way to get your stuff out there. Unfortunately, we're not really in, uh, there's not a real ecosystem for short stories right now, which is one of the things we're actually working on. I've been kind of the next sort of phase for author pages has been involved in making it easy to sell those and do those. So, Well, that's interesting, actually. Because JF and I, uh, we have a short story in a short story anthology. So we both have, a obviously, a different one uh, coming well, out sometime, future. I don't know. things. Yeah, well, know. that's Fring shares to tell us at some point once they're, they're done with yeah, the yeah, backlog. Yeah. But what I, what I like about the idea, like, I'm terrible at writing short stories. So I've been trying to train myself to get better at it because, mm-hmm. a bit like Andrew was saying, like it's, I feel that it's a very low barrier to entry for people to test the waters as to what my style as a writer is instead of investing into a huge book. Like one of the reasons why my first book, Life Engineered, is kind of short for a novel is because I wanted it to be approachable. But the next step mm-hmm. to making things more approachable is having short stories. But the problem I was having with this, which author page kind of addresses, is, okay, so I wrote a short story. How do I make it available? How do I make it easy to be available? I can put it on my own website, but I don't necessarily have much traffic there. And it's, I mean, I use Squarespace, so it's not that terrible to be able to put on short stories, but then it kind of has this blog type of feeling. And having a platform that's more designed to favor short stories as their own format is is better for me, at least in my opinion. And that's, yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, this project, I, the first line of code I wrote a year ago when I was just trying to make it easy to share samples, because I said, I sat down and I tried to think of like, what, how do books sell? What moves books? And a realization I had, and again, it's not an original thought, but it was just, I had to come to it my own way was, it's books more than anything else are moved by word of mouth. You know, most of the books we read are because a somebody close to us told us, you should read this. And as much as you can get on social media and keep hammering tweet, 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 and Facebook, 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 
what's going to carry the most weight is somebody telling you, you should read this. And I started analyzing like where, when is, and when is that recommendation the most effective thing? And it would really be if I had 20 bucks in my hand and you and I were walking through a bookstore and you said you should get this, that is when I'm most likely to go buy a book, right? So I was trying to figure out how do I step back from that and figure out how do I make that work in an online world? And that came to, well, when somebody reads the, gets to the end of a book, they're excited about it. And so maybe I should put a link there that says click here to tell a friend about the book. That's where they're the most enthusiastic to do it. And then not just tell a friend on Twitter, but email a sample to somebody there. And so I was just trying to work backwards from all those ways in which are the most effective and direct ways to do that and had that theory. But then along the way was just this realization of like, man, short stories, you know, people are so excited about being able to share short stories on the platform. And it's like, I need to rethink this and maybe even think about, you know, working on that ecosystem. I think that's I think that's a great um, a great idea. Like what you're saying before about this short stories, it's 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 really nice to get small bites and have some samples um, mm -hmm. from from people out there. And uh, I, I actually have a short story that I'm ready to put up. So once I get done with this podcast, I'm going to make my my brand spanking new author page nice and shiny for people. Paul, and tell me, and I'll tweet it out. To my okay, my six hundred thousand followers who sometimes pay attention. Hey, cool! I would definitely probably get definitely. you'll get you know one hundredth of one hundredth of percent the same as me. Maybe more yeah. because they're bored of me, <laughs> like somebody new. Maybe, but you know, hey, that's still something. Something is better than nothing. Although yeah. I guess it could be nothing. <laughs> but that's that's the thing too is that like it's frustrating when we're trying to promote our books because we get kind of sick of telling people, hey, you need to buy my book. And you have to sort of realize, you got to look at like a really good ad campaign, let's say Marvel Comics, like, you know, like, you know, we have the new Harry Potter movie coming out or the, the new Wizarding World movie, right? Fantastic Beast. If you step back and you look at kind of the different things that are done to promote that, or you take Disney with the, with the Star Wars movie and it's, their promotion isn't just let's put this trailer in front of everybody. They do different kinds of PR, behind the scenes stuff, talking about these actors, all of that. You can apply that to your own stuff and what you're doing. And, and what you're really promoting is you're not just promoting a book. You're promoting you as an author and short stories support that. It's the small mm -hmm. dose of you. You know, we're, Maybe we don't go on The Tonight Show and talk about our books, but maybe we put a short story out there that exists in the internet verse and people read that. And you have to sort of... Sometimes we take things too literally and we have to step back and say, wait, this is another way into this. So just on a technical standpoint, let's say I were to publish a short story because that's one of the things I did when I launched my when I launched my first book is um, I had the opportunity to put a short story on uh, SF Signal to help promote the book ahead of the release. And I, I think mm -hmm. that probably helped some. It's very much the same principle, except less personal, less direct to my readers. But let's say I had a short story for a book. Is there a way to put the short story and at the end of the short story kind of have a link if you liked this and have it go back to the book they could relate to? Or is that something that could be done? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can in your author page at the end of your short story. And and again, let me, let me explain to you. We're, we're constantly looking at ways in which we can make it more effective because... 
our model and author page has been like, I want to create the best tool possible. And I want author page to thrive as authors thrive. It's not a subscription things. I have no plan to ever make it a pay for, you know, there might be some other service at something at some point, but right now the way we make our money is when people click through on Amazon to go buy a book, the guy we want to make, instead of trying to make our business model, trying to convince authors to pay us money to help the market, which I think is often dishonest and borderline thievery and not doesn't really work. Our goal is let's make this tool that's very easy for authors to use and then incentivize ourselves to make sure that people do want to click through and do want to buy your books because if they don't, we don't make any money. So that's right now, like with uh, short stories, let me pull up like, uh, let me see, like I have uh, one of mine up here, secret identity. Like you can, at the bottom, you can, you, it has a visit your page. And so what we're going to be putting in there is like, we're going to be adding in like, you know, what book do you want to plug there? Do you want to put a little box there? Whatever. We need to be doing more of that. And it's just as more people use it, we get an idea of where we can put our most of our efforts. And when I say we, I'm the only guy coding this right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, basically, you're doing this with Peter J. Wax. You're, you're the one doing most of the coding, right? I am the only coder on this project. <laughs> All right. So, which is, this is, this all goes back to the whole renaissance, man. But one of the things I want to kind of remind to our listeners is that, again, like, like we did, we talked about in the introduction, you're also a writer. So you're not building this page just from the standpoint of someone who doesn't know anything about the publishing or the writing industry and just wanted to do a thing to make a profit. You're, you're an author, you're a writer, you know what the needs are. So you're approaching this from a point of view that is much more uh, author focused mm -hmm. than say if uh, a Zuckerberg were to decide to do something for a um, terrible example, I know, yeah. but basically if a, if, if, if a, a, a pure programmer decided I want to do something for authors, but I don't know what they do. You know, back in 2011, there was this uh, a big boom for eBooks. That was like sort of like the, when the, there was like people started realizing how big of an industry it was. That's when I got in. There were a number of startups that came about that were, you know, focused on trying to get into e-publishing and all that, you know, perhaps naively assuming that Amazon would not eat everything. And, you know, I, on one hand, it was exciting, but then they quickly evolved into you know, these models, and then authors will pay us for this service, or authors will pay us for this, or you know they publish through us, and we get and we have control of the title, and and I think they quickly became what was bad. It's not all of them, but I think most of them became quickly what was bad already about the publishing industry. You know, is it was just a a different way to have a vanity press when you didn't need one. It was trying to create a market where. You know, publish, you know, and an example I give is if you're a working actor, like a successful working actor, you're doing commercials and all that, you're paying your bills. If you're a successful published author, you probably still have a day job, you know, and that's that's one of the things that people don't quite appreciate is that like, you know, you're you're you go through the bookstore and you look at these, you know, that some of the, you know, the, the not not just the, the narrow list of bestsellers, but your average sort of book and your horror, your romance or whatever, you pick one of those books up. You know, unless it's somebody with a bunch of titles, chances are that person's got a regular job, you know. And so in trying to build a business model on in all, everybody trying to get published, is it's a different world. So just trying to figure out, like, how do you build something that's very much in line with that? I want to make something good. I want to make something helpful. I have an idea on how it, you know, might pay for itself, you know, and like that would be great that it does that. Um, but if it ends up being a thing where I just keep paying the bandwidth on it and it helps authors that's fine. You know, I'm creating value and I'm like that, you know? And it's, I mean, that's and, cool. 
this is no accusation. Like I'm a marketing guy, so I see these things very much, but this also creates a lot of goodwill for you and Peter as towards other authors. And this goes back to kind of the, the, word, the word of mouth. And this is kind of something oh, sure. that I like to, I mean, and I'm not saying that this is why you're doing it, but it is a side benefit that probably also justifies the, the effort. Not to mention it oh, yeah. allowed you to learn programming from what I understand. I am I am I'm not an altruist. Let me make that very clear. Um no, I'm and I, I am it's not like, oh guys, I'm this great guy. I mean I, I if I have a choice between doing something that's fun for me or something that's fun for me and fun for everybody, I'll choose fun for me and fun for everybody because you know, I years ago with my buddy Justin Robert Young, we started a magic news blog called iTrix, iTrix.com, and we wanted to cover magic news because we loved magic and we wanted to promote people who are doing cool stuff. Now, it was certainly helpful for me because I was, at that time, trying to get into television, trying to get my magic career going in there, and I wanted to know everything that was going on. So having my own news organization, the Gathering News, about that was good. But I was able to use it to promote a lot of people, even some magicians who maybe personally I thought were not cool people, but... I wanted to promote Matt. They were, but they were doing good things. They were doing interesting things that people wanted to know about. And it became, and a lot of people actually in magic had no idea I even owned itrix.com because I'm like, I wanted to have its own identity. I wanted to have its own purpose. And if it succeeds, you know, I succeed. Maybe not overtly. I could have used it more as a tool for me. But then, you know, it's like, man, eh, that's not as fun. I, so. I tried something very similar when I was more into graphic design. I wanted to start a graphic design blog. And what it, did for me is kind of the opposite it made me realize how much I hated the graphic design industry and the people in it. <laughs> and that's why I moved more towards marketing. So right. results may vary. So, yeah, it I mean, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. I just said that's funny. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, we, we set out with iTrix, like our tone was we, we were, we were the, one of the first, like, you know, magic sites that wasn't really opinionated. You know, we didn't rip into anybody. We didn't criticize this. And, and people get upset about us for not doing that. And we're like, that's not our, we want to be entertainment weekly. It wasn't our place. You know, with author page, it's this, I, I, I saw how, you know, I could do a little bit of coding that I could then make it available for other people that could make their lives easier. And then it's it certainly, you know, there, there certainly are ancillary benefits as far as self-promotion and stuff. I would say it's not the most efficient way to do that. I mean, but it, it is it is a I, I do kind of like the idea of like, man, if this is cool and makes a difference, then, you know, it, it's it's still it's creating value for me. Definitely. Yeah. No. And it's I say I don't think it's the kind of project that you would necessarily do solely for self-promotion purposes. It's this has to be so, somewhat of a passion project for you to invest so much into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's one of the things like you, basically you've had to, from what I understand from your other podcast, you, you had to teach yourself like a new way of programming. You said this is programmed on Ruby on rails, which is completely Chinese to me. I have no idea what that means, but apparently it's a big deal. Um, what other challenges that you guys have to, uh, to, to overcome to get this done? I mean, you've got a sweet URL. Did you already own that or? No, I didn't. I had to pay for that. Um, I had uh, I, I ran through just a list of just what would be ideal URLs that I had, and I had other ones like Writer Tool and stuff like that. And and with the author page, you know, I just I got I said like what what is it? And I'm like, well, it's an author page. And then I looked, and somebody else had the author page URL, and I'm like, man, that's that's really the one I want. And you know they weren't using anything for it so i had to go through a broker and negotiate back and forth to to get it but it was just like i said it was just going to be 
it's easy to remember. And, and that's the thing is like, I have friends who send me like, hey, I've got this project and it's something hyphen dot net or whatever. I'm like, it's ridiculous. If you're not going to spend the money to get a better domain name, you can't expect people to spend their attention on you. And I, and I, and I, I had, uh, I had like writer dot index, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe that'll, I'm like, how much the dot, you know, dot pizza, you know, it's like, no. And I just it came down like, how serious am I? You know, I don't know. I think dot pizza might have had something to it, but then again, I'm always hungry. <laughs> um, but I it's and and I had to like to figure out how to make it dot you know dot com authorpage dot com slash your name and not like a subdirectory. And then I'm like, no, I it's, if I want people to put this on their business cards and to share it and to make it make them feel comfortable, this is a thing. I could go into a whole long story about that, but well, actually, my my plans for author page is to have basically the 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 book section of my of my own personal web page just link back to author page, so that I can mm -hmm. I can sort of that's a great way to use it. Yeah, so that way I can still keep my own URL, which is pretty good because it's gfdubo.com. So to me, that works out very well. But at the same time, I find that the as much as I love Squarespace, I find that there's the way they're, they're very much structured like a blog and I don't find that as useful for, for, for selling books. I find, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the first questions I had when you started talking about author page on, on after things and, and, and your other podcast is okay. Well, is that any good? I mean, the guy just said, I'm learning programming. So am I, am I going to walk into this, <laughs> this angel fire piece of garbage or is it going to be good? And I, I was impressed. It's very like, it shows that you understand the needs. And I like, the only thing I can program is like action script three. And that's more for dynamic animations. I learned it. So I'm, I'm impressed by how well the, 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 the site is constructed and how, how so far somewhat solid it is. I mean, considering it's still in beta. Yeah, what I did was I looked at everything both on the surface and behind the scenes to try to understand what were best practices, you know, and that would be, you know, I'd look at like what what's great about Squarespace, what's not. And one of the problems I realized, too, is this you're an author and you want to create a website, you go to it's, Squarespace is great. Don't get me wrong. But you go there and you're like, this looks awesome. And it's like, yeah, if I've got a dozen photos of me snowboarding, it's fantastic. But if I've got a list books and, and then, then it's thinking like, oh, yeah, you could be you're like books like, OK, there's a difference between a Web page if you have one book versus like, you know, like I have like, you know, 15 or 20 books and that's going to look different. And I said, you know, that's the problem is, is that we we look at the most ideal versions of these things and then we have to figure out how to do that. And so I looked at best practices in Tumblr, Squarespace, other stuff, and I tried to narrow it down to like one what what is what what would be a good author page look like uh, just a, a basic template for that and then i had to get into the you know the behind the scenes stuff like i'm i'm i i would like to make it more simple to use right now the problem is because author page does a lot of things there's only so much simplicity that i can put in there before i'd have to pull features out so i mean i spent a lot of time just analyzing that and and from the coding thing to understand like so the just Ruby is a programming language. It's a super friendly programming language. It was written by a, a Japanese Mormon. So, you know, you get the best of both cultures there. <laughs> Rails is this library of of tools that are really good and it make it very easy that when you want to build things like websites and blogs and things like that, you could use prepackaged things for like, you know, we use a system for our user authentication system, which is uses a really good security system. So I didn't have to write that. I just installed this package, you know, to be able to make that use, which is, a you know, an industry standard. 
you know, and I'm able to use these sort of elements. So it's not like, you know, I'm like, I was built, you know, like, uh, I had to build my own database parsing system off, you know, by my hands. I used existing stuff and then figured out how it should all play together. So nice. Don't I'd, worry. Even that would probably be on me. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I've been working in, you know, coding and stuff like HTML and CSS and stuff for years. And I, I used to do a little bit of play with like PHP with WordPress blogs. I didn't quite know what I was doing. And I just made this decision, like, just, just dump into it, you know, and now like for doing, like for doing payment stuff, I've had to be digging into like, you know, payments platform APIs and stuff. And oh my God, oh, like <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> horror that's, stories that's there. The thing, the, <laughs> I, 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 I've had to learn some programming. Programming is really not my thing. I'm very much a graphics guy. I, I, I can run circles around almost anybody in Photoshop, Illustrator, and Design. Those are my, those are mm -hmm. my tools. And it's kind of sad that I'm moving away from that. Um, but this is why I'm glad that there's people like you creating things like author page, so that I don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things like Squarespace allows me to do my own HTML, but what's the point of, if I'm on Squarespace? Um, I had a question that was leading up to, and I completely forgot. Paul, take over. You look <laughs> like a guy with a question. All right. Um, well, let's actually let's actually dive into your actual uh, author page for a little bit and just check out some of these features that you have. So your author page is authorpage.com slash Andrew Bain, God. right? No, yeah, Andrew Bain. Oh, sorry. okay. <laughs> no, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. D time out. Paul. Yeah. Is there an author page slash God? Yeah, there like will be soon. Page. There yeah, will be uh, soon, right? <laughs> okay Remember, so in terms of service i can revoke uh that's, yes <laughs> that's funny so um just breaking it down like um i'm just i was taking a look at it while you were talking about it here um there's you actually have a news feed on there is that right is that what that is at the bottom uh the bottom what that is is that pulls from the blog so if you want to blog oh, on there I it takes your, your so you have like uh and we're uh, there was a debate over should we call it blog and i said this back and forth peter should it be a blog should it be news and and I went for news, but because I've heard be like, oh, blog's an old thing. I'm like, I don't. I think blog's a word's going to be around for a while, but I just went with news. Yeah, no, you know, that's cool. I'm assuming, I, yeah. Just I just wanted to a little clarification because I was mm -hmm. uh I was looking well, at it and I was looking over um page that I was trying to put together a little bit as as I was listening to you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, well, but, from a mar from kind of a marketing perspective, blog has a certain implication of regularity where where news is more kind of punctual. When there's something to mm -hmm. say, you say it. So I've, I've for me, news would work better because I wouldn't want to. I'm terrible at doing some things that are regular as far as uh, sending information. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was I had a discussion with a buddy of mine who was like vehement against the idea of me even putting any kind of blog thing there because he's like, well, you know, why don't people just go to Tumblr or whatever and all this? And I'm like. I'm like one. Writers don't blog very often. Some are excessive about it, and a lot of them don't. And I said that telling the goal here is to say, hey, you can put everything that's involved when you're putting on your writer cap here and go do. And I'm saying like you don't have. And I'm like you don't have to have a blog there. You don't have to have this. You know, if you don't have a blog, it doesn't say blog or news there. That tab isn't there. But I'm like. If I want to, part of what I wanted with the author page, if you're sitting there going, what do I need to promote? Like, just go to author page, pull it open, you know, and write a post, do something, send a tweet out, and you can feel like, you know, you've done something to promote yourself to kind of, you know, it's like putting on, you know, like if the easiest way to get yourself to go to the gym is to put on your gym clothes. You know, once you're there, I will you're there. keep that in mind. 
What's that? Yeah. I said, I will keep that in mind because, yeah. you know, I don't even know where I, uh, gym clothes are. But, you know, I pay for the membership, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I'm a fat American. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, so is the rest of the world in a fast moving pace. So. You're, you're a fascinating demographic onto yourself, Paul. I, I um, am. I, I try. A, I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for, for author page, one of the things I know is that you're a, a huge advocate of mailing lists. Uh, I'm, mm, I subscribe absolutely. to your mailing lists. And I'm trying to build a mailing list, and I find that the uh, the biggest problem, my the, the the biggest the worst enemy I have in building a mailing list is me not building the mailing list and just wanting really hard but not taking action. But there there's a there's a mailing list function in Author Page. Um, is it like just to accumulate names yes. for a mailing list, and then you would just plug into like say Mailchimp or something, or does it have so- its own functionality? So, I mean, there's actually a buried functionality. I actually did build a whole mailing engine in there to be able to use that. But right now, it, you can you can use that and it'll gather names that you can then, if you go to MailChimp, you can get like five, you can add 500 people on your mailing list for free. So you could, mailing list has a really good free option. So I'm like, I don't really need to be competing with that. They're much better at it than I am. But let me just make it easy for people to accumulate emails. And you can just put your email, your mailing list into the tab up there too, or put a link in your welcome to say, click here and do it. I just want more authors to do it. If you know authors ask me for advice, I'm like, number one piece of advice I can give you is always be working on your craft to make it better. You know, the the you know, so much of stuff like I don't like to read other people's stuff. I don't like to read my own stuff. And I often I get stuff that's just not ready for other eyes and they're waiting for somebody to give them some sort of magical piece of advice. And it's like, yeah, learn to be a better writer. The other thing is once you're doing good stuff, is build your you you need to have your audience. And I'm gonna tell you like Twitter and Facebook, these things can be helpful. You do not own those audiences. Facebook took away, like, you know, a lot of people like myself worked hard building up an audience on Facebook, and then they just changed their policy. Like, oh, yeah, no, if you want to send a post to everybody, you've got to pay to do that. Hey, yeah. That's and that was, yeah, and it's like, and it's like, okay, I think Facebook's an amazing company in many ways, and, you know, Facebook Live is fun to do and stuff, but like, I am not sending a single new person there telling them this is where you need to follow me now because. If I can get them to sign up for my email list instead, I'm going to do that because if I have your email address, I can reach you directly. I don't need a third party. Twitter, I love. Twitter's great, but Twitter's ephemeral. Twitter's one of these things. But there are ways, actually, you know, if you repost your thing on Twitter, it'll go out to a different, you know, it won't go to the same people. There's ways to do that, but that's still an ephemeral thing. I have a lot of followers, but it's fascinating to see what times a day when I get a couple and I get a lot of responses. And so it all comes back to have a mailing list, have an email list. And people will be like, yeah, the Snapchat generation, these kids, things like that. Yeah. Well, when they have, when they, once they have bank accounts, they have to have an email address, you know? <laughs> Definitely. So that's yeah, kind of hilarious to me because, oh, sorry, JF, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, they may be the Snapchat generation, but that does not mean that they, they use that exclusively. And I think that's that's something that we talk a lot, like, in marketing about the idea of, like, yeah, but, like, you, you we'll, we'll get clients that say these things. Like, oh, no, everybody uses this and they'll name a single tool. And that, to, to us, that's very much ignorance because no one uses yep. a single tool. No, like, the, the for most people, for most businesses or, or, or endeavors, your demographic is not going to be, unless you're selling the pens or things for very old people, your demographic is never going to be the person that only uses one internet tool. Oh, I, and that, I get, yeah. 
Yeah, I get that. And I've had and I've had to deal with that, like both in TV and publishing and other things. I get in these rooms with, you know, kind of the millennial sort of thing. And they're like, everybody's this. I'm like, listen, yes, this is very popular right now. And it's also fun to believe that this is so different and so apart from everything else. But uh, when they apply to a college, are they doing that on Snapchat? No, they're using email. You know, when they're doing this, when they're getting a statement, if they have a credit card, you know, or the credit card company, they're doing this, they're doing that. Yes, if they're 13 years old, yeah, there's a probability maybe they're only using Snapchat. But as they get, as they start coming into my realm of book buyers, you know, they're going to have right. an email address. Right. Yeah, and and just, um, just, what I was. What, what, one of the examples, like if I can set most, I can set Snapchat or Twitter or almost all of these platforms to send me email notif- notifications. And there's a reason for that. Yep. Yep. Sorry, Paul, I cut you yeah, off. Yeah, and uh, th- no, that's okay. I was just going to say that uh, I find this conversation kind of hilarious because for my day job, I am a teacher of uh, 13-year-olds. So a molder of young really... minds. Right. So, you know, I'm going to go to work tomorrow and I'm going to tell them all, I need your email address right now. Put it on my mailing list. And then I'm going to say, but ask your parents' permission. And yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think, too, is like, and it, it, there's the thing, too, is that people sort of have to, you have to figure out, like, where, how audiences react differently. And, and this was an observation I made as a magician. And that was, uh, I'm a member of the Magic Castle, right? Really cool, fun environment. People dress up as suits. It's here. It's in Hollywood, California. It's this old looking Harry Potterish sort of castle. Private club shows every night. And you I watch people show once. up. Well, next time you're in LA, <laughs> I'll take you inside, okay? Um, when you go there, everybody's on their best behavior. Everybody really has a lot of fun. I could take that same group of people, take them out of the suits, put them on a street corner, and I could be a magician on the corner, and I may not get the same respect or the main reaction or the same attention. And where people are in that environment affects a lot. And people are like, I've had publishers and stuff like, what about Instagram? I'm like, Instagram is about pretty pictures. And Instagram's also hard. You really, it's hard to click out of things on there and all that. Twitter's a little bit more people are reading things. Facebook is a, Facebook is, I'm, and I'm going to make this clear. Facebook can still be a great way to reach people, but I'm not really excited about that. My primary way to reach people. I said, but if I have somebody's attention in an email, I'm most likely to get them to do something. You know, my, my two most effective ways of reaching people, podcasts, because right now people who are listening to this, you know, they got headphones on and all that. And it's kind of just a conversation between us and them or right. they're playing it in a room and we have their attention and we're not a stream of a bunch of things going by. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, that's what I love about podcasts. Personally, I listen to as many as I can, um, which is not very many currently, but <laughs> I try to listen to a lot. I love, well, Paul, I love do you li- podcasts. Do you listen to after things? I do not, but I shall. Well, wait until the end. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it for Andrew because I I, I, okay. I, I want I want to give the listeners perspective of how important that podcast is because I have a feeling that Andrew is going to downplay it and I don't think that does it justice. <laughs> um, okay. We're kind of Great. running towards the usually we try to keep this to half an hour thirty for thirty minutes uh, to, uh, half an hour forty five minutes. Um, well, we're, I don't mind going a bit long, but I want to make sure that we capture everything that you have to say about author page is c- keeping in mind that you're talking to writer and aspiring writers. Is there anything else that you want to add to make sure that they understand how much of a benefit that, that, that service can be to them? It, even, even if they have, like I have my own webpage and I plan on plugging it to author page. So what, what would you have to say to get people on board or to at least check it out? 
Well, what's, I would a quick question. Have you asked your listeners, by the way, what they think the ideal length is for this? The ideal, sorry? For your podcast. For the podcast? Yeah. Uh, no, that's not to my knowledge, but we uh, I've been having a poll lately on Twitter, so maybe I will put that on yeah, for this week's to poll. Yeah, i because it is, there are some things people want 10, 15 minute quick hit. Sometimes people want to spend an hour or two in a subject. I'm not saying that's the case here, but you know, that's a thing to, to think about too. Um, and I, I'm, it's like, I'm always trying to, and, and that gets to my point is one of the ways you can use, uh, we let you right now an author page, you can put Google analytics into your author page. Okay. And you, or with even out of having to do that, you can look at your stats and one of the problems is that it's, we've had this discussion before offline about uh, you know, when somebody wants you to wreck it, you know, or push something for somebody else, like, can you push my book? Can you do this? Whatever. And we're hesitant because maybe it's not good. And we're afraid of what the reputation cost is that, that that person's not as far along in their journey as a writer as they should be. What you can use with author page, we have a very simple thing. You get stats. And if I put up a short story and I tell people, Hey, check out my short story. And I send it to every, all of my friends on Twitter. I can see how many people actually went to go read the story. If I put in some Google Analytics, I can actually tell you how many people read the story. And it's very, very hard to get honest feedback. And I'm in LA, you know, most of the time. And this is a town where everybody loves everything. And they're like, oh, I talked to so-and-so. They love you. They love you. And it's like, it's great. Are they going to buy the project? You know, and that's the thing. And so I would say as an author, you can use it as a starting point. If you want to write some short stories, Put a short story up there, share it, and see what kind of feedback you get. You know it's good when people tell you it's good. When people don't tell you anything, either you're not getting it in front of enough people to get an answer, or maybe it's not good. You know, And those are things to think about. And also, you have to all of a sudden say, man, let me make sure I'm ready to put this out there. But I would say you could use it as a test ground for short stories. You could start something, but don't... Don't throw every piece of unfinished thing in front of somebody else and waste their time, you know, on something that you don't even have the time to finish. You know, it's not respectful of their time. Great point. Cool. Good advice. The um, just just to address the length of the episode, the reason why we're aiming for that length is because we used to do uh, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes episode. And we noticed that we run out of steam way earlier than that. So that's why we're kind of like trying to, <laughs> to we're still finding our footing. Like we're not we're not eight years into that or however long you guys have been doing weird <laughs> things. <laughs> I yeah, that's the thing on weird things is we could we could do that show all day on the same damn topics we've been talking about forever. And that's my fear is that is it we we could talk about the same thing maybe a slightly different angle but it's like oh yeah now this is the goblin one oh which of the 40 ones in which they talked about goblins is this it's like oh yeah and that's that's the danger <laughs> yeah weird thing is this is one of the, the 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 few podcasts that has me uh answer out loud to comments <laughs> IDD. Morons! <laughs> no, not not morons, no. but wanting to throw in my own theory, which is usually just yelling snakes, snakes at my, uh, at my uh, iPhone. <laughs> yeah. But that, that may be a bit inside <laughs> joke for like, if there's other listeners, like they'll get it. But anyways, um, cool. I would I'm, do that. I'm, I'm, sorry, back up. I would often do these scenarios of like, there was some sort of mystery and I would always try to find one where it was snakes. <laughs> so they finally, Justin and Brian picked up that I was looking for snake stories to surprise them with. It, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I either I picked up on the pattern quicker than they did or I got into Probably. it 
Um, I got into it when they started noticing and mentioning the pattern, but I remember just, <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of episodes that would say this has got to be snakes. Um, now, uh, for, for those who don't know, Weird Things is a podcast that Andrew does with, uh, with uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young, and uh, the this, this subject is in the title. It's about Weird Things, Weird News, and SpaceX. Yep, weirdthings.com. It's uh, it's it's one of the first podcasts I think I heard uh, you and Brian on, and I came in from uh, from hearing from Justin. Um, with speaking of which, you you guys recently like I'm just gonna diverge a bit from author page because I want to talk about after things, just a little bit and promote it to our listeners, because I I've been mentioning it here or there, and I'm realizing more and more how much of an important resource that podcast can be to aspiring creatives who work on the internet and want to build a career. So if I can just correct me if I'm wrong in the description and avoid the downplaying. So basically, After Things is a podcast that you guys have started doing as kind of a, it used to be sort of an after show for Weird Things, where you would sort of seg into talking about um, your, your own creative projects and challenges and careers and sort of putting things, uh, some of that information, some of your experiences out there for people to listen. And it became such an important part. So it's basically built its, uh, to a certain degree, its own audience because of the material in it, which should already say something about the quality of it. And for those who don't know, well, Andrew Main, we've talked, we've been talking to and about, you You know he's already an accomplished writer and I don't know, professional in many fields. For those who don't know who Brian Brushwood is, he's also, he's a professional magician. You can look at his stuff on scamstuff.com. He is someone else who's basically a self-built uh, professional who built a career on the internet. And uh, Ro Justin Robert Young, he's a creator of a, board, of a card game called The Contender. He has a lot of podcasts. He's also building his own internet personality and career. And Coming from three different angles, all approaching basically being creatives on the internet, the, the After Things podcast, with the experiences that you guys have had, and you can add to this plug if you want, I'm just sort of putting in my own stuff in there. But the um, basically having these three different angles, these three different careers kind of exchanging and not necessarily always agreeing on what works and what not, mm -hmm. what doesn't. To someone who's looking to build a creative career, I found has been an almost invaluable tool not to just get information and instruction by rote, but to get this kind of, of I don't want to call it, not, not an echo chamber, but a sounding board of different ways to approach what may or may not work. And I recommend that if if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like me, you're an aspiring writer, you want to create things Listen to After Things. Go go on iTunes and look for it. It go read the archive. You will learn things from it. Uh, thanks. Uh, you know we we started this off because we you know we're all we're all creatives trying to do things from you know trying to be kind of independents and, and navigate the world and sort of build our own careers and they're not just people who are just sort of jumping into something that everybody is sort of like, hey, this is the way you do it. And, uh, you know, we we have a very different background. We're all trying to figure stuff out. And, and, and one of the things I've realized is that sometimes when you're in the process of figuring things out is when you have some of the best advice. When you talk to somebody who's already kind of at the end of the road or sort of done it, they forget what it's like to be a beginner. And, and it's very easy for them to be dismissive and just like, well, write good books or do this. And it's like, <laughs> 
Well, you might actually you're and they may not and they people tend to disregard how much of their success may be accidental and things like that and sort of assume that what's well, because I did such great work is why I'm here. I'm like, no, a lot of people did really great work that aren't there. Maybe there's more to it than that. So we wanted to discuss that. And, you know, one of my heroes uh, is Benjamin Franklin. And he started a club that was called the Leather Apron Club or the, the Juntu. And what that was, it was he got together with a group of other people and they would talk about a bunch of different things, philosophy, et cetera, and business. And it was you know, a bunch of aspiring people in Philadelphia, a bunch of young men who wanted to become successful, who wanted to become you know, more prolific in what they did. And this was an environment in which it was you know, challenging to do that because it was still part of British society, regimented and all that. And you know, unless you were you know, a lord or noble, you know, that kind of success was further away from you. But he realized if we got together and we collaborated and we exchanged ideas and helped each other out, that maybe we could benefit from each other's wisdom. And that's been you know, a great model for a number of civic organizations on to this day. And I think that with After Things, the idea was, let's let people come in and say, hey, I'm trying to do this business or whatever. You guys can tell me what you think. And we may know nothing about that business area and we're very trying to be expressive about that. But we might point out the obvious. We might point out things, say like, well, we went to your webpage and right now we don't know what you're doing. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm working on it. I'm like, no, that's the problem. Number one is you've just, you've just shut the door on people right away. Or we try to offer these very sort of simple approaches towards things and dissect things and throw out our opinions and we could be wrong, but we've all, you know, we've, all had some traction is a word I love to use as being creators and being creatives who've got paid for it. Yeah. And so I, that's I, I, kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. I, I, that's the reason why I can't kind of recommend it because there's in, in the circles I run, there's a lot of people like I, I hang out. I don't just hang out with like from our listeners. Uh, I also have friends who are trying to get into sort of like into other businesses, like selling things on Etsy and all that. And the mm -hmm. they're all extremely talented people that have very good potential. They have a product, they have a voice and they don't know how to navigate. And I keep saying, well, just like listen to after things and at least like it's not it's not a guidebook but you'll hear from other people who have done it to a certain degree and that helps at least it's, it's helping me i find there, i think that one of the problems in any environment and i've seen myself guilty of this is we don't know what we don't know we don't know what's important and when we get into something in any endeavor we tend to avoid the things that cause us a little bit of frustration or anxiety and if we don't know about something and we try to downplay it you know and if and you know when i'm learning to code i'm like here's this thing here like ah i don't i'll find a way around it i don't need to know it. but later on if i like no that's really critical to know that and you're gonna have problems later on when it comes to being artists we become artists because we want to we want to imagine a better world and a different world and we have to do with the day-to-day -day realities of bookkeeping and promotion we would rather not we'd rather just avoid those and the problem is, is that like bookkeeping and accounting is reality. And if you can't make your thing, if you can't squeeze what you're trying to do through the keyhole of reality, it's always going to be stuck in your head. It's a lot of metaphors for you there. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I just sort of think that, you know, you have to sometimes, and you sometimes you have people tell you this. I've always been a person that's wanted somebody to tell me what I should be doing. I've always wanted somebody to be like, let me give you some good advice. And I've never been able to find people who know what I'm doing and what I'm up to, he had really come in there because they realize I've been, I think about this 24 hours a day and not just that I'm making the good choices. I just try to, I just think of like, Oh my God, what about this? What about this? What about that? 
Yeah, I, I'm. And I still don't know. What com- I'm gonna I completely understand that the the allure of having this magical pepper pot style personal assistant that takes care of all the boring things and just takes my hand so that I can spend all my time doing only the fun parts. But well, and and often the people that want to have a team are the worst team leaders. You know, <laughs> they're often you know some of the people who really just want somebody else to come fix this for them. They're the last person do you want to go fix it for them because they don't work. And I've I've had to go from being a very solo type in personality and often in part of some of my best successes I'd had early on were things I just did did mostly individually somebody give me a lending hand but when I wanted to do bigger things when I wanted to do TV when I don't have my own TV show I had to collaborate with a lot of people you know and I'm at a level where you know talking about taking properties and turn them into TV shows I've got to work with people a lot of people and I've got to work with people who are maybe have very similar skills to me but different points of view and i have to sit there and go no they're right you know and let that happen which is really really hard and that's why a lot of artists have difficulty doing that and then the silence just creeps over us like a fog (laughs) jf is making hand signals oh jf do we lose you i'm having audio problems so I'm going to let Paul oh, ask okay. the next questions until I get it back functioning properly. Uh, well, well um, you know, we didn't really bring you on to talk about your writing, but you did show us a, a new book. <laughs> we don't even want to know about your writing, Andrew. <laughs> we, we did, you did show us a new book before we, before we started rolling here. So um, uh, let's, um, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I, what's okay. the name of it again? It's well, a, this... Let me give you, I'm going to, if I have a moment, I'll give you the quick backstory because it's a little, perhaps a little bit inspirational. Yeah, do um, it. I, I didn't know the first thing about publishing, you know, five years ago. I wanted to write a book. I was at South by Southwest and I'd always wanted to write and I was leaving there and I hung out with my buddies and I was kind of feeling a little bit, you know, depressed because I had, you know, I'd had success in magic and as a magic creator and stuff, mm-hmm. but I really didn't feel like I had bigger traction and I wanted to try to find a way to do that. And I read an article talking about eBooks and how the Kindle was taking off. And I said to mm-hmm. myself, you know, what's cool about this is while I'm off in LA trying to pitch magic projects or do things like that, maybe I could start writing eBooks and I don't have to go through New York publishers. I don't have to submit. I could just put them on Amazon. If people buy them, they buy them. If they don't, I forget about them and I go write something new. And... I decided to write a short, a little short novella. So I wrote a novella called uh, The Grindle's Shadow. And I put that online and I put, promoted it to my audience, put it on Amazon's, Amazon's Kindle program, and it did really well. And I got really good reactions to it. And I'm like, this, okay, so don't completely suck. So then I sat down and I wrote another novel. I wrote a full length novel a couple weeks later and I put that out there and it became like a top techno thriller. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, all right. And it was Public Enemy Zero. And then within six months, I had an option for film and I had calls from literary agents. And I'm like, all right, this is really, really moving. But I was still wasn't so sure. Like, you know, so like this is a neat path. I wrote another book and I didn't even tell my agent about it called Angel Killer about a female FBI agent from a family of magicians. And I put it on Amazon while we were off trying to make, you know, you know, working, work, think our attention was elsewhere. And while I was sort of working on my next book, 
Next thing I know, that book started to climb and climb and climb and climb in sales. And I kind of thought that Public Enemy Zero was sort of my peak. I thought that was my peak, that it was did so well that that was sort of, all right, this is my best book I'm going to ever have, as, you know, sales-wise, whatever. This is the one that opened my door. I mean, it was, it was literally within a year of writing that book, I was sitting down talking to, like, famous directors and stuff. It was an amazing kind of experience. But then uh, with, with Angel Killer... Over that summer, it ended up being the fifth best-selling independent book of the year in the United Kingdom, right? And it was a self-published book. And the next thing I know, I get an offer for a publishing deal on that and film rights and TV stuff. And this thing has that sort of life to it. And, and then HarperCollins picked that book series up. And now in my third book, with a book I didn't even tell my agent about until she started getting calls about film and TV rights. And so now the third book is coming out. The last book, uh, Name of the Devil, was nominated for the Thriller Award, the, the ITW Thriller Award, which I was proud of. And the third book, yeah, Blackfall, comes out in March. So I guess my point is, is like I didn't publish my first novel, Public Enemy Zero. I almost didn't publish it because I wrote it and I wasn't sure. And I thought it was good enough. And I asked my buddy, like, think I should put it out there? He's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, why not? And I did, and you know, five years later, you know, I've been very, very lucky, very, very fortunate. You know, I have a publishing deal with Harper's. I have a publishing deal now coming out with Thomas and Mercer for another series. Nice. Um, and you know, I've been you know continuously having stuff in development for TV and film. But it all happened because I decided to do it because I sat at an airport and said, "Why not?" And that's my point. Don't think about the book you're going to write. Just write the damn book. Just write the book. And if it right. sucks, write another one. <laughs> yeah, like. It's only years of your life sometimes. You know, if you're spending years, you're taking too long. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That well, hurts. I'm, I'm coming back from technical difficulties, but it, what you just mentioned kind of reflects a bit my own experience. The, one of the things I discovered going to L.A. this summer was that the situation I'm in right now, which is very fortunate, maybe, we'll see, only came about because once I was done writing one book, and getting it published, I immediately wrote something else and put it immediately mm -hmm. out there. And it's that second attempt, because the first the first book got a bit of attention, but mostly, oh, this is neat, but useless. Because I had something else that when people asked, does he have anything, anything else that we can look at? My publisher was able to answer yes mm -hmm. and point to the second book. And the second book is what got the most attention. So it goes back to the to, to what you were saying, like just don't just just keep writing, just write it, put it out there, and do the next thing. And it, 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 it's weird because like Angel Killer, I put that out, and then it did it did a kind of nice little blip, and then it started to level off. And I went on and I put out another, I put out a mystery book that I put all my attention to, and then while I wasn't paying attention, Angel Killer just kept climbing, 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 and then next thing you know, I get a call from. Uh, uh, an agent uh, or an acquisitions person congratulating me for making the Amazon list. I had no idea what he did and they sent me this pub this press release from Amazon that I'd made it onto this list of like top selling indie authors. I'm like, wow. I had no idea, but that was I was already focused on the next book. I was already out there you know pushing another one which ended up being like the number 3 mystery, you know, most three mystery of the year ratings wise. Sales wise it didn't do. It was like and that made me realize like, man, I can have a book that people love but it just doesn't catch on for whatever reasons. You got to keep going up to bat. And that was a lesson I learned in magic. Like my first TV uh, my first pilot I ever did for a TV show, you know, MTV said, if you turn this in a week earlier, we would have bought this for a series, you know, and people are like, oh, that sucks. I'm like, no, I learned that like every time I go up to bat, my chances get better. 
and with writing just learn not don't put out a bunch of crap but learn to be learn how to improve for each time and keep going at it just keep finding yourself you're finding your voice because once you get enough out there and, and i'm in a position now where i've had people who are like ah oh, this other thing didn't work and then they discover that i did something totally different and then i get called in for meetings and stuff because they're like oh wow we didn't know you did this would you and it's like and that the more the more stuff i have out there that's good the more chances of getting those meetings those opportunities yeah and it's so it's one of the things i'm learning is something that i actually kind of learned from from my own experience but also from listening to mm -hmm. after things so it kind of circles back to that is this it's is just a good it's good to like take these experiences from other people and sort of integrate them and learn from Another them. Another thing is like, I love to write. I love to tell stories. And I have like, I wrote 12 novels last year, you know, and, and probably seven of them or eight of them will probably never see an audience. I had fun writing them and people are like, what do you do with them? Like, why well, they kind of did the thing I wanted to do. I wanted to tell a story. I like to go in my head and do that. So I, I'm totally comfortable writing things and just putting it on a shelf and not with like someday, like, no, nah, I had fun doing it. Yeah, I I have a couple. My my earlier novels are like that. There are things I don't want people to say, but mostly because they're terrible. Um, that's that's an amazing amount of output, though. I I was been, I was worried because I thought I was perhaps getting complacent because I had a you know when I was working on my TV show in a hurry, you know I I put together. I put together the book, uh, Name of the Devil, and I was so worried about that book, and that ended up being the one that got the best reviews I've had so far, nominated and all that. But I was I was afraid that I maybe didn't have the same sort of fire and passion that I had when I first started writing. And so last year, I'm like, well, let me analyze my writing, because I had one book that took forever. Um, but I sold. But it was at a time, I didn't know that it was going to sell. And so I said, let me analyze my writing habits. And so uh, I dove into that, realized how to make sure that I had better patterns. And then I got into this thing, like every day I will write and I will write, like I was doing like three or 5,000 words a day, which quickly adds up. Um, and I would do like, I would go do like a marathon day and one day I'd do like 20,000 words, um, which you can read about in my book, uh, how to write a novella in 24 hours. <laughs> I had a feeling that would come up. I actually, I would love to have you on again at some point if you want to just once once author page is on and like everybody has listened to it has signed up for it have you on to to talk <laughs> specifically about writing about your experiences working with a publisher your experiences self-publishing this is the whole point of the podcast right now is that where we used to be mostly about crowdfunded publishing but we kind of reached the limits of what we can talk about that with any you know expertise mm -hmm. that's why we're kind of reaching out to other people who know more and i've we've we've got like an agent coming in in in, in a few weeks and we've got a, a self-published author that's getting some success coming in but i'd like to have you back again to talk about your experiences because you've experienced both and that's probably an interesting contrast i think every i think ideally i think uh all of my friends who are like published authors sort of like the idea of being a hybrid. And I think that hybrid is hybrid was my goal. Uh, I'm in a peculiar position now where I'm kind of getting into with, 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 with publishers, those that like release schedules and stuff. And I'm kind of like, if I do another published book, I might have to do like middle grade or something if I want to be able to, and that, that's the thing I'm into that kind of space where unless I start using a, a pen name, but the beauty of being kind of with it with an existing publisher and self published is that, you can have a lot of control over your career. And if publishers decide that you're no longer in vogue, you can still keep releasing. And then if you're self-publishing, if you're with a publisher, it carries weight as silly as it is. You know, uh, when I started writing, my goal was just to write, reach people. I had no, no 
my I was not going to decide to find my success of whether or not a publisher picked me up. That was not my plan. I just wanted to write good books and have people. Yeah, and which I I feel that any serious writer that should be their main main priority if they want to, if they want to write quality things, that should be their for their their first for focus. I and I've talked to, Jeff. I've talked to people though, and I'm like, well, I could tell you about self publishing this, and they're like, no, I want. And like this was like a couple of years ago. Like, oh, no, I want to go to the publisher. This sort of like I just want to be published, and it's like, and I'm like. You know that's great. It's nice to want things, and and I'm and people are like, what's it like to have your book on a show? I'm like, it's a it's awesome. Like, I mean, I I take for granted. Like, I'm sitting here holding on to my Harper Collins book in my hand right now, and I'm like, this is really awesome. I mean, the most awesome thing is really to be. I have a fantastic editor, Hannah Wood. That was really awesome thing was is they paid somebody to work with me on my book and to improve my craft. Um, but the thing that matters to me is this this you know, audience is people liking stuff. And if all you care about is just seeing your book in print and on a bookshelf because you're getting some effing approval from people you don't know, that to me is silly. That's just silly. I want I want to entertain, you know? I want yeah, no, to I, I totally get you. And that's that's what it's about for mm-hmm. me. I mean that's that like that's what it's all about. Like I don't I could care I could care less if I have 50 books out on shelves. I just want to write because I like it and I want people to enjoy it. You know, that's what yeah, I and want. It's not, yeah, and it's not wrong to like, it's not wrong. Like, I'm very happy that I'm going to have, this will be on Barnes & Noble shelves. My book oh, yeah, with Thomas and Mercer, an Amazon company, probably won't be on bookshelves. Um, but I'm very happy about that. And my friends love to see that. And I like that about it. But that was not the end goal of writing. Yeah, it may sound a bit fanboyish, but when uh, when when uh, Angel Killer came out, I was doing a lot of airport that time, and I just every time I would go into the airport uh, bo- uh, bookstore and just check if is there an Andrew Main here, and just <laughs> I I wanted to do the really suck upy thing and take a picture and tweet it to you, and I probably should have, but I would love that. Are you kidding? Uh, I'm 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 the worst fan. I'm just terrible. Yeah. I'm, I, when I, I will next, uh, I will, I will do that with your book when I see it. So there, there in your face. Yeah, I won't get to airports, but I, whatever. I think, I think I have, I, I have, I'm a big fan. So I think it will. So. Oh well, thank you. And, and if it doesn't, not that it has any merit on that, but I'm like, no, I think it will. I think you're, you're, you're very, you're consistent and you're working hard. So you have my respect, sir. Thanks. So I'm, I'm going to leverage that compliment to having you back on the show a second time to talk more about writing. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, otherwise, I think we're going to be done for this episode because I, I want you to plug your stuff. And I know you have a lot to plug, so that's going to be another 15 minutes right there. <laughs> um, listen, uh, I will say contractually I'm obligated to tell people to go check out my new book, Blackfall, coming out this March. Check that out, my Jessica Blackwood mystery series. I think you'd find her really compelling character. She's a critical thinker, very interesting. So check out Blackfall. It's on Amazon, available for pre-order. Well, they should check uh, the first two books first, though. Yeah, so they Angel have Killer. time. They got until March. Plenty yeah, of time. Get Angel Killer. Check out Angel Killer. You might like it. But my real goal right now is to tell you, because you are authors and writers out there, is that uh, write a short story write something finish something finish something in the next few days holidays coming up don't use that as an excuse not to write finish something you know and have it done and uh i have uh i have two books on writing one is the how to write a novella and 24 others the other is cure for writer's block don't go to amazon buy those books just email me go andrew at andrewmain.com say i heard you on the show send me the ebooks of those books and i'll send them to you 
I really, that's fine. If you're a follow me on my email list, I give that stuff away all the time. But if you just want the books and like, screw your email list, I don't want you to market to me, but give me the damn books. Just email me. I'll send them to you. And, yeah, and you can read them and be like, this guy's full of it, which is true. I'm just a guy trying to figure things out. I'm not like sitting here in my stuffed chair. I'm wearing shorts right now, actually. Okay. I'm a guy trying to figure stuff out and some people find it helpful. Some don't. But if you want, the, if you want those eBooks, you those one of the eBooks, I can give those away for free. I'm happy to. Yeah, and I've, I'm I'm on your email Very list, generous. so I've been leeching off the free books whenever I can. That's not cheap. Just, ebooks, like it's not like oh, Andrew, it's so kind. It's not like it cost me twelve bucks to do that, you know. Like like it's it's. Oh, I I completely I completely get, it and I understand. It's just I'm 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 helping those who like to feel like they're profiting others, uh, encouraging them to go get your books because they're helpful. Yeah, they're good books. So yeah, absolutely. It doesn't cost me, you know, anything for you. To, I mean, it's in time, you know, be easier. If you, it's easier if you just follow my damn email list when I give that stuff away. But if someone's like, I would really like to read this thing. Happy to share it. So everybody should sign up for the mailing list. That's, that's the yeah. lesson here. Don't, don't waste <laughs> Andrew's time. Just get the, just ignore the emails that don't uh, have free books in them. He's a busy uh, man, folks. Busy man. I yeah we all are um, cool uh, so and uh, what where's the like I've I've spent some time promoting after things where's the best link to get more info on that uh weirdthings.com we don't even really have a formal page after things was just sort of this thing we started doing and it's become its own thing and I I don't even think we realize what it is no, I'll be honest with I, you I don't think you guys realize how I don't I don't <laughs> I hesitate to use the word important because it's important to me because of the, the, the type of feedback really speaks to the language I understand. Well, you asked us questions too, though. You were very proactive and like, what about this? What about that? You know? Like, yeah, I like, I, I that's, yeah. that's the thing. That, what, what I like about After Things, I don't want to get into another discussion while we're trying to do plugs, but what I like about After Things is the fact that it is conversational and makes you feel involved as a listener, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it speaks my language, so it works for me. Yeah, and just for the way After Things works, kids, is like if you have a question, if you want to know like some advice on something, just write it to us at like we listen to After Things, we'll give out the email there. And then and you know, we just we'll discuss it there. Like we've had people like guys asking about building arcades in Montana, you know, people who want to do magic shows in haunted houses, you know, some crazy Canadian kid who rented to write science fiction books and stuff like that, you know. And we took uh, <laughs> kid. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> so, all yeah. right. So, so go to weirdthings.com and there's a link for After Things there. Just go to iTunes or whatever your pod thingy is. Yeah. Just look and for the podcast. It's worth it. We're self admitted idiots, too. Like, and I don't mean like, haha, we're clowns. I mean, we're, you know, you're not going to get people going, well, let me tell you what you need to do. We'll be like, well, maybe do this, you know, and we'll back it up. But, Feel well, free to disagree. You know? Actually, if I can add one selling point, it's also a funny podcast. It is not just boring information. You've you've heard how Andrew talks, and Andrew is the least comedic person, like more most informative, least comedic pers uh, personality on the podcast. <laughs> so you get information and entertainment. I'm not saying you're boring. I'm saying no, I know just the, say, the other yeah. two guys are I, clowns. Well, that, yeah, somebody has to run. Somebody has to drive the bus, you know, and that's the thing. Those shows, it ends up being like, you know, uh, they, they, you know, it, Justin's a natural at that, which is funny. Justin's a, absolutely just, just a funny, funny guy. Like, you know, you know, it is like you're trying to drive the thing. It's like, all right, you know, can we get back on task now? Because I'm, I'm the one held accountable. But it's, yeah, they're great guys. They're very funny. It's very entertaining. Uh, is there anything else you need to plug contractually or not? 
Uh, I think we're good. I think right. we're good. If you want to know who I am, by the way, type in Andrew Main on YouTube. Like, don't trust Andrew Main. You can see some video clips from my A&E show um, just to see, get an idea who the hell you're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> you have the perfect uh, perfect uh, headshot with uh, kind of a very shit-eating grin for that well, show. This is very on 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 uh yeah blue steel very on brand for the show uh paul do you have anything to plug these days or same thing as usual well as always you know check out ageless by paul inman of course uh in fact you know what's funny is i got an email today from ink shares it will actually be going on sale so if you want to get a copy right after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, it'll be half off if you want to get a physical copy. Because I know there are people who have digital copies, and I'd be very happy for you to own a physical copy as well. And you can check me out on Twitter at Paul Inman, S-C, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. You can check out Right Brain on Twitter. Follow us there. Um, right Brain underscore, at Right Brain underscore. Um, I think that's uh, about it, JF. What do you got for us? Um, most most of the information, like I'm, like I say every week, I'm trying to redo my webpage right now. I'm just too, I'm, I'm elbow deep into editing, so I don't have time to do anything. So any important information, such as my uh, my my announcement today that the uh, the audiobook for Life Engineered is going to be voiced by the lovely and talented Amy Landon, um, who can be found on Twitter at JF Dubo. That's at JF Otherwise, I have nothing for you right now. Fantastic! Oh wait, Andrew. no, no, no! Wait, oh. let's let's. Uh, what, what am no, I talking no about? I, I I do have one more plug. You can also you can also find my uh my my currently still in development uh author page at authorpage.com slash jf Yes, and mine is authorpage.com slash Paul Inman, and uh, I it, it will it will get better. I promise. Well, I, I don't know what of, I'm doing just yet. My, mine's so. it's it's part of my uh, whole website. Uh, remodeling thing yeah andrew we appreciate your um time sir thank you very much and we appreciate your efforts in authorpage.com yeah listen thank you very much for that service i i get i squee with delight every time i go there and i see there's somebody else has added a page so and just so everybody knows like any short story whatever you put up there that's yours i've had people ask like who's a blind it's your short story it's it's or anything like that just make that clear because that's come up a couple times. Like you know, we're just a platform for you to push stuff out to. Yeah, and I think I think we're everybody is going to be using it is going to be grateful. I know I am. So fa- yeah, thanks again sure. for coming on the show. I hope we can have you again as soon as possible. Thank you, sir. There's.